Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We know you're busy. Bills to pay, mouths to feed, and the man needs another favor. So just in case you missed what happened on the fan today, we got your back. And even if you did hear it live, you probably need to hear it again. Here you go, all in one place and in just one hour. The best of the best from today on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is Instant Replay. Today on Query and Company. All-Star Weekend is upon us. There are so many cool things going on. We talked about the fact that there is a big one taking place in our building, as a matter of fact, later this afternoon with Oscar Robertson and certainly one of the greats when you talk about Pacer players. He is one of four players to have started an NBA All-Star game while representing the Indiana Pacers, one of his six All-Star performances. Jermaine O'Neal joins us on the show today. Jermaine, welcome back to Indianapolis. Good to talk to you. It's good to be back here. Hey, let's begin with this. Um, I've kind of been asking guys this about the All-Star game itself. For you, and I realize when you're playing in it, it probably is a whirlwind, but what are just your memories of being an All-Star and being an All-Star starter for that matter? Uh, Take me through just some of your best memories of the experience of being an NBA All-Star. Wow, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think the fir- obviously you always remember the first one. The first one is the one that you know you've watched. You know you remember watching it on television. You know multiple times over, and you know you're considered one of the best players. You know not only in in, in the NBA but in the world. Um, so you remember the first one, um, and then it becomes kind of you know it comes routine a little bit. It's all, the honors are still great. You still feel you know you still really really happy about it. And obviously as a starter, uh, it talks a lot about your popularity as well. Um, amongst only, you know, uh, the peers but the fans and the coaches. So, you know, that meant a lot to me. The only thing I did not like is when we played right up against the All-Star break. Um, you know, obviously back then, you know, the uh, you know the schedule was a little bit different. A lot more games coming at you a lot faster. Uh, and we didn't have these long breaks after the All-Star break either. So, you know, we'll get a game. All-Star break it starts on Friday. We'll be playing Wednesday or Thursday. And then we got to fly out the next day. And then got to fly back on that, that, you know, either that Sunday night after the game or early that Monday morning. And you're right back at it. So uh, the transition time wasn't as good uh, when I was playing. But obviously, you know, being considered, you know, one of the, one of the best players in the game, um, it means a lot to you every single time that you get announced. Jermaine, what do you remember most about your breakout campaign with the Pacers? Because the time you're coming off your early years in Portland and the trade itself had mixed reactions initially from Pacers fans because they're just coming off the NBA Finals and a lot of beloved faces like Rick Smith wind up departing the team after that. And then you come in and immediately, like I remember growing up, you were one of my favorite Pacers players. A lot of Pacers fans feel that same way. What were those early years like for you in Indiana? Uh, it was it was great, you know. I think um, you know, in all fairness, you know, the city, you know, had the right to feel, you know, it was definitely some mixed emotions coming off the, you know, a finals appearance that they came up, you know, a little short. Um, obviously, giving away, you know, uh, Dale Davis, who, who was, you know, uh, one, you know, one of the fans' fa- uh, favorites, you know, was was a lot to digest for, for pretty much a, a young man that you know didn't didn't get a lot of opportunity in uh, in Portland. So, 
it was a lot of unknown. Um, but I, I felt, always felt like they were giving me an opportunity. And I think most importantly, the, the biggest thing that I, I remember is just Reggie, you know, having the conversation with Reggie when I first got there. And he said, look, man, he said, you know, I'm not upset. You know, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to let you be whatever you're going to be. You know, uh, you have a lot of talent and it's, it's called, you know, whatever you decided to be or, or become in this league, it's going to be based off the work that you put in. And that really made me feel a lot more comfortable, to be quite honest. Uh, and then obviously been out in the community. The community always made me feel feel right at home. Um, you know, and it, it was it, it, it allowed me to kind of develop and, and get into my craft at the level that I needed to. Um, and being able to represent the Indiana Pacers, you know, in the All-Star game uh, meant a lot to me. Jermaine, when you look back on, as Jimmy mentioned, that trade, Jermaine O'Neal is our guest. I remember when you were with Portland, might have been your rookie year, and, and being at a game, and I think I was working at Channel 6 at the time, and, and seeing you on the bench, and I remember thinking, like, man, you were a high school kid, basically, uh, you know, and I remember thinking to myself, like, I felt bad because you weren't on the floor, and then all of a sudden you get traded, and as you talked about, you were able to blossom. When you first yep. got the news that Indiana was bringing you here, was it more a feeling of pressure because of all that went into it, or more a feeling of a freedom and an opportunity? Well, um, it definitely wasn't pressure because I was angry. Um, and I'm going to tell you why, because, you know, the first three years on the rookie scale back then, um, you know, I became a free agent and I had an opportunity uh, to go be a starter with four of the teams uh, in free agency. But at the time we had just came up short in the Western conference finals uh, against uh, San Antonio, the great uh, corner three that Sean Elliott made, but didn't put his heel down on the, uh, on out of bounds line, um, which crushed us at the time. But uh, it was one of those scenarios where, you know, I felt like, you know, I was still young. Uh, I can go back to Portland and, you know, and still be able to contribute uh, at a high level. And, you know, what was been asked for me, and it was promised to me that I would, I would be able to play minimally 24 minutes a game. So I re-signed back with them for another four years, and then it got worse, right? And so when I got, when I got the call, and interestingly enough, I bumped into Isaiah Thomas, uh, it's my first time ever meeting him at in uh, Oakland at the at the All Star game. Uh, was, we were, uh, he was coming from something, and I was going to the dunk contest. And he grabbed my arm. He said, "Hey, look, son, just keep doing what you're doing. People see you working." And as soon as he got the job, you know, him and Donnie, you know, I literally had just got to Jamaica with my wife on vacation. And I tell you guys, I took the smallest prop plane uh, getting off that island when I got the call because um, I need. I felt like I need to get back as soon as possible. But it was an amazing call. I was ready. I was really ready for it um, because I had, I had got an opportunity to to practice against Rasheed Wallace, Brian Grant, Arvidi Sabonis, uh, Cliff, the late great Cliff Robinson. I mean, just so many people that I, I was really, you know, having to sharpen my knife with and against on a day-to-day basis in practice that when I got an opportunity to play in a game, it was actually a little bit easier. Now, the consistency of trying to be good was harder. Um, because now it's not just about practice. you got to actually be good every single night. Um, and that was the biggest transition for me. What did Isaiah Thomas and Donnie Walsh do or mean to the maturation as a player or person of Jermaine O'Neal? It was amazing. Amazing. Um, a lot of people don't know this, though. Um, 
Isaiah stayed maybe three or four minutes away from me. Um, and I used to spend a lot of time at his house. Just, you know, um, Mrs. Thomas cooked dinner a lot for me, and we just talked, like, night overnight overnight. And it was just, it was like a father figure, you know, um, you know, just you know, giving this giving his son some tutelage of what it means to be a pro, what what it means to be a professional, what it means to be a businessman, what it means to be a father. Um, and that was that was that was big for me. In particular, guys, I don't know if you guys know, I didn't meet my father until I was thirty years old, right? And like that was like a real thing for me. Um, and so to have an opportunity to have leadership uh, like I had with Isaiah and Donnie, uh, it was pr- it was really really amazing, guys. Um, without a, without a doubt. So then, once you are playing and Isaiah is not here, how does a player battle with that? Was that tough for you? It was tough. It was tough. Um, it's actually interesting enough. Um, Isaiah was with me and the USA team in the Olympic qualifiers in, in Puerto Rico um, when he got called back to um, uh, to Indy, and then uh, and then the next day he was he was let go. Uh, that was a hard pill to swallow. Um, but I will tell you this: you know, the business is the business. Um, and, and in many cases, like your personal feelings towards things. Um, cannot alter your long-term goals. Um, obviously, I would like to have had him as a coach, but we got Rick Carlisle as a coach that came in and did a really good job. Um, and, you know, my, my job was to continue to go out and, 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 and be better, um, learn more, um, and try to help the team win. And so, you know, once, once your feelings, once you take your feelings out of it, um, you know, you move on and, and, and you try to you try to be the best version of yourself that you can. You know, for your, you know, for yourself, your family, your team, and your city. Pacers great Jermaine O'Neal is our guest. Jermaine, I want to turn the clocks back. February 9th, two thousand three. Phillips Arena in Atlanta, East versus West. Starting lineup for the Eastern <laughs> Conference: Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, Ben Wallace, Jermaine O'Neal. Michael Jeffrey Jordan coming off the bench, at least in terms of the way that that All-Star game was set up. And it's MJ's final All-Star appearance. What do you remember about that game in 03? Well, a couple of things, right? Uh, the one that sticks out to me the most is the, is the Phantom Foul, right, that they called. You didn't foul Kobe. On- <laughs> it, it was like just it's, it's crazy. Like they called that, which was, was just ridiculous. But, you know, obviously when you get a chance to play with – um, the greatest player that's ever played the game, uh, and Michael Jordan. Um, I remember him coming, and, and it's crazy. It, it was like a movie, right? He was Jordan. Michael Jordan has an aura that we we just haven't seen. Only maybe a handful of people, um, maybe Messi, and you know, maybe another, you know, that level of athlete, where you can hear him coming. Like we're in the locker room, but we can hear like the, the like it's like the. The cameras are just clicking, and you hear like the people, Michael, Michael, and it, and and it's it's faint, and then it gets louder, 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 and then he walks in, and it's like he's gliding across the floor, right? And it was like one of those things where, wow, I'm really in here with Michael Jordan, and I remember t- telling him, I said, you know, Michael, and I still have his shoes to this very day. I said, Mike, I said either you're gonna sign those shoes, or I'm gonna steal them. 
from you. And he said, well, you're not going to steal them, so I'm just going to go ahead and sign them for you. And he handed them to me. And that was like an amazing moment for me because obviously, you know, Michael is Michael and, um, you know, he's he's just so legendary. And just to be in his, in his presence uh, meant a lot to me. And you still have them, right? Still have them. Yes, sir. Still have them. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Would hope, right? Uh, Jermaine O'Neal, our guest. Jermaine, let me give you, as somebody who covered your whole career here in Indiana, let me give you the, the Jake Quarry-like summary, and then I want you to grade it and tell me how off-base I am, Okay. I recall it was later um, in your time here when you were talking about how you ultimately wanted to have your number retired here. And I, I can't remember whether, and, and it was not the brawl. I, I don't know whether it was health or whatever it was, but I, I was watching it and I thought to myself, this is a guy that loves Indiana. This is a guy that loves the fans of Indiana. This is a guy that loves representing the Pacers. But for right now, it feels like, and I think this has changed, but in that moment towards the end that the fans didn't necessarily appreciate your love for it in the moment at the time, and that it's taken time for everyone to figure that out. Is that a fair assessment? It is. And I, and let me just say this. Uh, that, that's been the biggest challenge for me because I never really understood, you know, um, like the brawl itself um, – was something that is is really hard to explain and and not just the brawl itself but everything that happened afterwards and you know i'm not sure if you guys watched that the, the uh you know the uh, netflix uh, deal uh it took me about 10 years to put it together and, and finally got you know was able to really do a documentary that was people's true opinion right just so everybody that's you guys know and everybody's listening to this we didn't film one scene together so when I called everybody, I said, look, whatever your truth is, say it. I said, because I want to be able to say my truth, not 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 to, you know, take a shot at the NBA or anybody else. Or, you know, it was more just kind of how I felt. And the thing was that a lot of people didn't know. And, and I don't know if they felt like it was arrogance or anything else that was connected to it. But we went through a process 10 years after that happened. Right. We were we wasn't allowed to speak on it. So whatever opinion that was made or or was was pushed out there or whatever narrative was was pushed out there, we had to sit on it. And in particular with me, I had to sit on it. Another thing that people didn't know that I actually took the NBA to court and won. See, people thought that I, I that I had uh, finished my suspension. I was reinstated. Right. Because a federal judge said I had the right to do what I, do, I did. And I say this respectfully. And this is something that, you know, obviously looking back at it, you know, and you're right, 100%. I've always wanted to finish my career in Indy to a point that I had Aaron tell him at the time who was my agent, uh, reach out to the patient and say, look, you know, even if it's a one day, I just want to finish standing up on my own two feet in the Indiana Pacers uniform, right? And, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. That's fine. End up, you know, just, just you know, walking away without even announcing that I was going to retire. Um, but I will tell you guys this. Go back to what I was saying. When you're in a position of leadership, right, and, you know, all you see is, is, is a looped, like a looped, you know, guy sliding in there and punching somebody. Well, people don't realize that the same guy that I punched was on top of Anthony Johnson in a cast. So Anthony, Anthony Johnson had a cast in the suit. If you, if you go back and you look at it, and again, 
in this process, we had to show, you know, the NBA had to show all 28 angles and and take that to court. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow, this looks different, right? But nobody was there to support it because nobody knew how to handle it. We're talking about something that was just, it was a national televised game, right? And when you're not allowed to speak about it, then any and everybody can, can paint a narrative about you. And that's the thing that I was always disappointed about. Like, it's like, well, why are people upset with me when, you know, when, when true, the true value of leadership isn't just in a corporate office, isn't just on a basketball court, isn't just in your house with your family. It's when you are being attacked, right? What can you do to help your others as a captain of a team, right? What can you do when, when, there's, no, when there's no security in there to help you? Right, when it's just you and your teammates. I mean, you guys remember the, the police coming in and trying to pepper spray you know, when, when Reggie got in the middle. Of, it was that type of environment. But again, when you know we're so we're so in tune to what we read and what we hear that we think that it's in, in some cases that that's actually true. And, and I'm just going to tell you, my job, even when I was able 10 years later, was able to even, you know, have a conversation. It wasn't about that because the NBA has been great to me. The Indiana Pacers was great to me, right? Like, I have nothing bad to say. I'm disappointed that it happened in general, right? But, you know, to, to say that, you know, I had ill wills towards anything or anybody or people had ill wills towards me because of that, then, you know, that's the biggest part that I was disappointed with. Jermaine, did you feel like that the – the documentary, which I thought was very well done, very well done. And, you know, Stephen Jackson, who I love, I mean, I love Stephen Jackson. And I think people, it would be hard for people to be around Stephen Jackson for more than an hour to not then go, yeah, I love that. That dude's just like loyal through and through. But did you feel like it accomplished what it was that you set out to accomplish, which was to just simply lay out and display the narrative from your guy's standpoint? You know, what's interesting. Um, it was the doc really wasn't really even for to, to, in my eyes for me personally, right? I wanted to create something that was, you know, was you know everybody can use it and tell their story, right? But it was more for me, mentally and emotionally. I've held that thing in for so long, and it it, it, it built up so much anger. Um, I, you know, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to Netflix. Um, because I asked him, I said, on every rough cut, could you send it to me? And, you know, sometimes you lose you lose a battle in the, with the big boxes, right? You, you lose it. And they sent it to me every time. And I must have watched it maybe 11 or 12 times before it came out. And I tell you, fellas, I cried every single time. And every single time that I watched that thing, uh, it brought up some, another memory, right? And I probably watched it a total of 19, 20 times total. And every single time it was emotional because it was so much lost in that process. And people think about that, that scenario as a fight. Right? I'm a parent too. I'm a community leader, right? In perception and to this very moment, right? You know, I do a lot of stuff in Dallas right now. You know, we've had an amazing run with, you know, with some amazing players that now are in the NBA. Um, but, you know, kids still ask me about that. And, and, and many of them weren't even born when it happened. So, that, so it's still a thing, right? And so I, I just think from that perspective, like, like doing that doc allowed me to, to excel a little bit and take it, you know, and, and take it, you know, you know, put myself in a, in a position where now I can just go on with my life and, and not have to worry about it. You know, when I hear about it now, I smile a little bit. You know, when somebody brings it up, I say, look, you know, unfortunate, you know, don't like to talk much about it, but, you know, it happened. And so, you know, or I just say, hey, look, go check it out on Netflix, 
right? Where you know, so they can have something to base their opinion off of. Are you finally free of it? I am free. I am free. Um, you know, um, I'm always. You know, I have a three one seven number. You know, I've, I've touched many other cities since I've, I've been. I've been from there, but um, you know, I can go anywhere in the world and be recognized, and I'm gonna be recognized as a pacer. You know, many people, many people don't even know that the, that, the, that the Trailblazers drafted me. People think the, the Pacers drafted me, right? Because you know, just so they've, they've given me an opportunity, and the Simons family has given me an opportunity to live a life that I could never dreamed about. The NBA has given me an opportunity to live a life and and and, and live a dream that many don't get to do. And I can always go back and say, you know what? I lived the dream uh, at its fullest. I've learned a lot, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent of it. Um, and now I can give that information back to, you know, Jermaine Jr. now, um, who is inspiring to be, you know, a basketball player. Or the same information to my daughter, you know, who's now a pro volleyball player um, and hopefully getting ready for the Olympics. And any other person, any other kid or family that's in the community or what it takes to be successful and the pitfalls of success. Pacers great. Jermaine O'Neal is our guest. Jermaine, I know there's mutual love from the city of Indianapolis and from Pacers fans for your career to the point that whenever you have a player like yourself where they end up away from the franchise and they have different spots in their career, you want them to win a ring. I was one of those people. I know a lot of Pacers people are the same way. And you're at Golden State effectively if you just look at your career bio a year too early. And I read a piece the other day that I was not aware of at the time, but it came out in 2016 that you did with Sports Illustrated. And you mentioned earlier in our conversation today, you did not meet your real father until you were 30. How much, and this piece reveals it, but for those that don't know, how much did family, and you mentioned Jermaine Jr. already, how much did family play a role in deciding, you know, I could stick around Golden State or I could make one more push at a title, but it's time to spend time with family. And how tough was that decision? Uh, the family was was number was number one um, on that decision. Uh, I, you know, it was it was interesting. Um, you know, when Golden State called me back, obviously Bob Myers used to represent me uh, when he was on the agent side. Uh, with he worked on the R and Tell him. Um, so, you know, it was, I had a great one year with them and had an opportunity to bring some leadership to the table. You know, I think Bob always speaks about it. He still, he still speaks about it on television, crazy enough. But um, it was hard for me because I, the year before I was with Phoenix, I, was with Phoenix cause I had just got a treatment, um, uh, orthokon treatment from Germany that uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant made famous. Um, he's actually, I actually went over there with him to get it. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, and so I, I needed to go to a situation where um, expectation wasn't high. Um, so Phoenix was young. I told my wife and kids, hey, look, just let's, we're going we're gonna to put our roots into Dallas. You guys go ahead and stay there. And that was hard. That was the first time that I hadn't stayed with my family. And then I started to see a little bit of change with my son. Uh, and then my daughter was like, hey, like, you know, dad, you know, it's time, right? I, I want you at my games. And then obviously she ended up having the heart situation. So um, I, you know, I probably could have played physically, probably could have played 20 years, like two more years. Um, but I just emotionally didn't have anything left because, you know, the very thing that has supported me in, in all of my down years, and even to be honest, you know, from my um, ability to uh, feel accepted, you know, 
for my father, my wife and my kids uh, filled that void. Right. And, um, yeah, I just felt like it was time to give back because they had sacrificed so much of their or what they wanted and what they needed uh, for me to play 18 years. Um, and you have to remember, I met my wife at 17. Um, so she went through an entire process of of everything, uh, of the of the growth of uh, Jermaine O'Neal um, and learning how to be everything that I needed to be. Um, so it just made more sense for me to retire. They tried to get me to come back. To, 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 they wanted, I'm going to be honest, tears, on my, tears came down my eyes when I watched the celebration of them winning it the first year. And then they asked me again to come back. And I was like, well, guys, I just, I literally tried to get back in shape. And I, physically I got going, but mentally it was just. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It was over. How much did meeting your dad when you did and, and seeing kind of a crossroads moment with your career and your family that late in life, how much did that impact your decision? A lot. You know, um, you know, I raised my kids how I wanted my dad to raise me. Now, I've, you know, for so long, I've dealt with abandonment issues. And that's why, you know, that's why the brawl has such an impact on me, right? Because you work so hard to be in a position um, of leadership, be in a position of, you know, people loving you and, and, and appreciating everything that you do. Um, and that's why I was so big in the communities when I was there. Um, but then you, you meet your dad at 30, and you're 13 years into the league, and, you know, um, you know, quick long story short, my, my, my grandmother and my mother tricked me into going because I, I did have a certain anger towards him. And then, you know, I walked up to him, brought my kids, and my grandma said, bring, bring, bring my, my grandbabies. And I brought my daughter and my son. And it was like the best moment for me because, you know, I just told him I was, I was able to tell him, hey, look, you know, look at these kids. I raised them exactly how I wanted you to raise me. And that took a lot of weight off my shoulders because I'd never had a conversation with them before. Right. And so having that conversation was amazing. Um, but a lot of a lot of things went unanswered because he ended up dying like 13 months later. Right. And so I never really had, you know, you know, I had to learn everything about me as a man, uh, father, husband, whatever you want to call it, is is in the, I, I'm learning on the fly. You know, I've never had a moment where I can call my dad and say, look, you know, I need help or, you know, what's your thoughts or this or that. It is literally me learning on the fly. And I've been truly blessed to have some amazing people. Um, a high school coach who you guys probably uh, know of, he, he's passed over the last couple of years, but he was amazing to the growth. Uh, people like Isaiah, you know, um, teammates, you know, I've had a lot of mixed uh, of people to help try to, you know, patch up, you know, that emotional void in my life. Well, how important was it for you, Jermaine, with that 13-month period between when you meet your father and then you lose your father, but to be able to have him pass with you having the opportunity to put away the anger, if you will, or work through it and finally get kind of a closure with an opening, if that makes sense, of the relationship? You know, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if I had closure. Um, I think I had enough uh, saying that was enough to 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 have me view things differently, um, a little bit differently. You know, interesting enough. You Were know, you able to forgive scenario. him? I guess. Did you have a forgiveness? 
Oh, for sure, I have I had forgiveness. Um, it, we we actually end up having a little disconnect um, once you know. Um, once I left from there, you know, I was pretty excited. <clears throat> excuse me, I was pretty excited about, you know, the opportunity of him being a friend. You know, because yeah, at that point, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know, I know what the true, the true meaning of being a dad is, right? I, I, that I know. Um, so it was more about creating that friendship, and then he wrote me a letter, um, and it was more just without getting too deep into it. It was more about me doing things for him, and that that was the crushing blow. Um, because then at that point it was never like, you know, again, as a dad, like I know what it means to make, you know, spelling bees and, you know, being there for your kids and, you know, teach them how to, you know, ride bikes and, and just being there mentally and emotionally for them and have that situation happen. It was, it was pretty rough. And I was, I was upset uh, about that. And then, you know, we didn't have any more conversations. I ended up getting a call from my sister saying that he was, uh, he was killed in a car accident. So, um, you know, it's, Closure wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't call it closure. Um, I, I, it was a. It was. It was a healing moment for me. Jermaine O'Neal is our guest. All Star Weekend is here. He was a six-time All Star, and Jermaine, I think the thing, and I want you to to kind of, I guess, in to encapsulate it all, touch on this. Um, in conclusion, just in listening to you talk and knowing your story. I covered your the majority of your career. There are a lot of things here that I didn't know. And as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's pretty darn cool to be a six-time All-Star and to start an All-Star game and to come back to the city where you played and were an All-Star. But it all seems to almost be secondary to the game that you were striving on a regular basis to be the best at, and that is simply the one away from the court of basketball and just in the people around you in the things and the challenges and the timeouts that were placed before you at no choice of yours. Have you ever been able to sit back and really truly grasp all of that? Um, I think I have in spurts, to be honest. Um, you know, I don't know... You know, I continue to search for uh, God's calling for me and his will. And a lot of it has been with kids. Um, you know, we have a lot of deficiencies in our in our homes, whether you, you know, suburban America, middle middle class America, inner city America, right? It's just it's just deficiencies. And you know, the great game of basketball was the healing was a healing factor, and it gave me an opportunity to continue to educate myself in areas that just that I wasn't able to do it in you know growing up, right? And as I continue to learn, you know, about these things, um, you know, obviously challenges happen. Um, you know, you go through you know, your moments, um, but you continue to push forward. And I would always say to people, it's like, you know, when you look at people, you know, you never know what they're going through, right? And, you know, as a basketball player, you know, the things that, you know, you think matters to you the most, you think as when you watch a basketball player, that basketball matters to you the most. But when you have deficiencies emotionally, you know, um, you, you, that. You know, you find that your that your family and and the people that you love the most matters the most, right? And those that that's you know when things happen like the ball or injuries or whatever it is, you know you feel like you have to rely on you know that and and, and on people. And I will say this, guys, um, you know, been able to come back. I have not been to an All Star game uh, since I played in it. And to be quite honest, 
um, I hadn't, I had not loved basketball because I felt like um, to the point, you know, going through that situation you know, for so many years, you know, the brawl situation, it was like the equivalence of being married and watching your wife do you wrong in front of you, but you can't really react to anything, right? And, and that's just the core truth, right? And, you know, so I stayed away from it. Right, I wouldn't do television. I wouldn't do anything. Like, I just stayed away from it and just wanted to put my head down. But when I heard it was coming to Indy, um, I said, "Look, let me let me pick my head up, out, you know, from where I'm where I'm at, and you know, let's go enjoy it." You know, I think Indy, Indy deserves you know these moments. Um, it's a lot of hard hat, good people, uh, very supportive fans. You know, uh, sports town, and so to be able to get it, I love. I had to come and be a part of it. Jermaine O'Neal, I think. Listen, you you were a great player here, and I think that there were probably misconceptions about you, and I think that we as a city and as a fan base and a media have worked through those same things in better understanding you, and I think you're a damn good representation for this city and for this franchise, and uh, I think a lot of people should be and will be very proud to not only have you back in Indianapolis, but uh, to be able to also allow you to kind of get back to embrace the game that embraced you for a long time as well. We appreciate certainly the time today. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's the best of the best from today's broadcast lineup. Instant replay continues in a moment on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay. Earlier on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Let's jump on out. Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Greg Rakestraw joins us here on the program. And Greg, I know, first of all, good morning. I know your schedule must be absolutely crazy this weekend. Will you be able to enjoy any of the All-Star festivities given your crazy schedule? That is a negatory ghost rider. Um, Because of the All-Star game being here, my usual schedule for this weekend now involves driving back and forth to Evansville because I will have yep. the wrestling state finals, which gets the move to the Ford Center for one year to vacate and get out of the way of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So I am exceedingly glad that All-Star Weekend is here. Um, sadly, I will not be participating in any of the festivities. Rick, I think I saw one of the first ever events in the Ford Center. Indiana, my senior year of college, played at Evansville in men's basketball. And that was a beautiful venue. I mean, hell, that would have been, what, 2012? I mean, that's a long yep. time ago at this point. But that was, man, that was a beautiful venue. Good. Uh, that makes total sense. The, the, the modern-day faithful will be out in all forces, I would assume, there for the uh, Wrestling State Finals. Correct. We believe this is the furthest south that a state championship has been held ever in the IHSAA. Usually you'll, you'll see some you know, track and field is in Bloomington for three years. Boys basketball was at Assembly Hall when it first opened before Market Square Arena. Uh, got going in the mid-70s, so normally everything is centrally located. We've had an occasional state final in Terre Haute. Cross country is there, but girls basketball is there for a while. Fort Wayne had girls basketball for a few years when um, Gamebridge was busy with the Big Ten Women's Tournament, so 
because of the rarity of this, and as you well stated, because of the tremendous passion for wrestling in Evansville, that building's going to hold about nine or 10,000 uh, for the wrestling, and they expect sellouts for all four sessions. Boy, I was going to say, wow. I remember the modern-day faithful at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. They'd have that place rocking back in the day. He is great. Greg Strauss with us here uh, on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Again, we are live at the Convention Center for All-Star Weekend. Rake Boys sectional draw coming up Sunday. Is that correct? That is correct, which is why I'm not spending an entire weekend in Evansville. Just one night and then quickly Gosh. hopping back on the Redneck Autobahn to get back to Indianapolis for Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and refresh my memory, where are we at regional semi-state? I, I remember like we, we, we changed the schedule a little bit. I want to say it was last year. I know the girls are in semi-state for this weekend. Uh, refresh my memory on that. How, how do we do that? Correct. Girls semi-state, 32 teams are still playing. So last year we flipped the regional from a two-game format in the semi-state to one of the other way around. And this way, 32 communities uh, get to experience the fun of making a semi-state. So Eight teams remaining in each class, four different sites in each half of the state. Locally, the site of note uh, would be Southport Fieldhouse because Lawrence Central, Center Grove, Franklin, and Plainfield are all still playing. And uh, just kind of the, the luck of the draw that the two indie area teams in the far southern regional didn't play each other. And so Center Grove and Franklin both won. So all four of those teams playing in that semi-state, A, are used to playing in that building, but B, I think LC has the farthest drive to go across Marion County and play in that semi-state, which is obviously exceedingly rare. See, now I've read my email. He's going to be on, Greg's going to be on our air at 5 o'clock on Sunday for the pairing show. Right, Greg? Yeah, Coach what, level. I, yeah, I realized yeah. Super, Super Sunday was last week. Um, but <laughs> Purdue plays at one, IU plays at three, pairing show is at five, the All-Star game follows. I would say wow. that's pretty super Sunday in the state of Indiana. Yeah. Gosh, that is, Rick, if I could sneak in one more on the high school boys' front, and I know this is not the sport he plays, but you'll talk about this team come Sunday night. I thought I saw the other day Mark Zachary from Ben Davis was just offered by Alabama to play football. Well, this is the sport he plays. I realize, you know, he's he's um, uh, probably a, we think he's we think he's an NFL level cornerback at some point in time. Um, and even though he play goes both ways for Ben Davis, he's a he's probably a Division one level basketball. If he went that route again, I, I was say there's some David is, Bell vibes, right? Co- correct. Um, David might have slightly been a better high school player as, as a basketball player. Um, and maybe a better wide receiver, too. But, again, I, I really think defensive back and think of the length of Juju Brents at cornerback uh, because Mark has the blessing of an exceedingly long wingspan. Uh, he, he's got – which makes him a great defender in basketball. But uh, you name the school, Mark has been offered by them from a, from a football standpoint at this juncture. Greg Regstraw with us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. We're hanging out the NBA crossover event. Convention Center opens at 2 o'clock today. Uh, it's going to be open Saturday and Sunday. Bring the family. It's a fantastic lots to do out here, food, drinks, uh, and everything else. Uh, Indiana State, let's talk about them, Greg. Tough one the other night, uh, you know, losing to Illinois State, really being down the whole game. They try to make a comeback, but they lose double digits 
at home to a team that's under 500. Their net ranking, if you like that, I don't know your thoughts on the net, dropped to only 28. I thought it might be a little bit more, but in your, in your estimation, their at-large bid, what do you think that loss may have done to it? If they don't win the conference tournament, obviously. I think that man toasted, unfortunately. Um, And and again, you you point out the right analogy or the right stat in terms of, hey, the net ranking didn't plummet because it was as high as 20 at one point in time. But that would be a quad three, if not a quad four loss. Um, and, And the previous three losses that Indiana State had had at Alabama, at Michigan State, at Drake, nothing to sneeze at. Home loss, again, to one of the back-end teams in your league is no bueno. Uh, and so I, I, I do think that margin of error in terms of that large berth for Indiana State, I hope I'm wrong about this. Frankly, I hope they don't need it. Uh, but I kind of worry that that may have went poof with that loss, again, because of the location and because of whom they lost to on Tuesday. And on paper, they probably have their toughest game left here in the regular season coming up tomorrow afternoon, a trip to Missouri State. Greg Rakestraw joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, let's shift gears to Butler and their NCAA tournament chances. I think the resume looks very strong for when you compare that to other bubble teams. They've got plenty of quad one and quad two wins. They've got wins away from home. They don't have the horrific loss by any means. Having said right. that, you look at any sort of bracketology, it's not like they're comfortably in. What what more? Is uh, win over Creighton on Saturday enough? Uh, I, you know, Do you need two or three of those types of wins? What do you see for Butler here as we reach the final few weeks of regular season? Be around 500 the rest of the way. Um, I, I think beating Creighton it would, would virtually lock it, knowing they've got that road win. You've got another quality win against Marquette. By no means was the loss at home on Tuesday to Marquette a bad loss because they're going to be likely a two-seed in the upcoming NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I think anything but a lengthy losing streak for Thad Mata's team, and they are back in the NCAA tournament. I, again, um, I, I would say the same thing about Creighton I would say about Marquette. It's not like that would come across as a bad loss unless you get blown out on your own home floor. If you win that one, I think you're in. Um, I, I would say 75-25-80-20, they're a tournament team at this point. Greg Regstraw with us here, Payless Liquors Hotline. Just as a follow-up on that, you know, so many coaches, and I would love to truly know uh, what Thad Mata thinks, so many coaches complain about, you know, today's game. They complain about the transfer portal and everything else. But, boy, if I'm Butler, I like the transfer portal, do I not? I mean, you got to build a team, and if this team makes an NCAA tournament, Greg, I mean, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment given where this program was a couple seasons ago. Couple of things here. A lot, lot of uh, you know, bites the apple on this one. You could have stopped that sentence with a lot of coaches complain. Full stop. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of part and parcel of the profession. Uh, we said that, that would be a lot of humans complain. Full stop, uh, and you'd be fine with that. But secondarily, you know, before the transfer portal was cool, that's been a big part of what Butler has done. Think about the last ten to fifteen years, and how many key pieces. Really, twenty years. How many key pieces of the Bulldogs are guys that did not begin their playing days at Butler University? Brandon Miller, Mike Green, Avery Woodson, Rocky Clark, uh, Pete Campbell playing at IPFW. Thank you. Uh, And I'm sure people are uh, the Gathers kid, Savage. I mean, I I could, Robish, I could keep going. Um, And those guys had to sit out a year back in the day. Um, That has always been seemingly part and parcel. Um, it has been more rare 
that Butler has gotten, you know, obviously simultaneously, which explains back-to-back championship game appearances, you know, guys like Mack, Hayward, Howard, two of the three being Indiana kids, but guys that were direct recruits, um, you know, usually with somebody played somebody else first and then came to Butler and had a better experience. So, yes, there should be no complaining from anybody involved at Butler University, coach, fan, student, et cetera, about the transfer portal. Uh, because um, much like Chico Escuela said that baseball has been very, very good to him, the transfer portal has been very, very good to the Butler Bulldogs this year. Rake, we'll end with the Colts question. Greg Rakestraw with us here, ISC Sports Network. Starting Tuesday, you've got the ability to franchise tag Michael Pittman Jr. It's a two-week window that'll last till March 5th. Then free agency opens on March 13th. If I have to uh, list a, a most likely option, you think, for Michael Pittman, would you say he gets the tag and then an eventual long-term deal? He plays on the franchise tag this season or he ends up hitting the open market, or I guess you would throw a fourth one in there, they do get a long-term deal done without the franchise tag. I would rate him in this order. I would say tag to get a long-term deal done, followed by getting a long-term deal done. Uh, Again, it's been the MO of of Chris Ballard, re-sign your own. Um, And for for guys that that show the toughness and durability that he has in that position – um, I, I think that makes up for any, and I'm using the air quotes here, you know, qualms about is he really number one receiver. I, I think a lot of that was answered this past year. Um, and again, frankly, the Colts have the cap space to do it. So I, 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 I think there's a franchise tag just to hold him in place, but I think a long-term deal happens sooner rather than later. Off to Evansville for the Wrestling State Finals coming up. It's another busy weekend per usual for Greg Rakestraw. He'll have the pairing show on our airwaves coming up 5 o'clock on Sunday. I, I, I want to pause you because we talked about this on Monday or Tuesday. Do we have a date when, when, when Greg, you, and JMV are going to an Indiana State game? Do we, do we have that a date for that, Sunday, or is that happening? That is su- Sunday, March 3rd. That is the season finale against Murray State. So local authorities have been notified. <laughs> do you think your conversation with uh, JMV will be better or worse than Kevin Bowen a couple weeks ago, or how oh, are you going to wow. kind of stack those against each other, do you think? I, I love well, my the, the, one, the one thing that in, in retellings of the buddy comedy that was Kevin and I going to the Notre Dame game back in December the 19th is, is kind of the radio talk show host lean into making it sound like, you know, I brought up in casual conversation – you know, I was the valedictorian of my high school class. I think somehow it came up largely prompted by a question from Kevin, not me just boarding it out there like, hey, look, there's a barn. Hey, look, let's play the license plate game. Hey, you know, I was the valedictorian of my high school class. Uh, we probably won't have that conversation since, you know, John and I have, have made road trips like that together in the past. You guys are going to be talking about 80s rock and roll. I know exactly what you're going to be talking about. Nah, late 80s, early 90s hip-hop. That's much more my speed. <laughs> Rake, I love it. I already see IU fans are clamoring for Indiana State kids. They won in the portal. Oh, so God. that's probably what Indiana State has to look forward to coming up here uh, in about a month or so. Rake, safe travels down to Evansville, man. Uh, Wrestling State Finals, honestly, one of my favorite events each year. Enjoy that, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, fellas. Talk soon. It's the best of the best from today's broadcast lineup. Instant replay continues in a moment on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay. Previously on The Ride with JMV. Andy Moore on the Motive Group Byline because he is all over the place. High school, collegiate, everything on Indiana Sports Talk. He's our friend Bob Lovell. Also brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. Run by Joe Childers, CarX.com today. So are we having a busy weekend, Bob? Yeah, we really are, John. You got uh, girls semi states, boys are in, uh, you know, regular season mode. Uh, Greg Rakestraw and I are hosting the pairing show on Sunday, and there's college basketball galore, and those, there's also this little something called the All Star Game. So yeah, we got a we got a little bit going on. Yeah, you know, normally the, the best time of year, and I'm not trying to sidestep at all. The finals coming up next week, but yeah, in terms of both the girls and the boys, I'm hard pressed to find anything better than the uh, semi state action. That you're going to see for the girls tomorrow, and then of course, you know, further down the road for the fellas. But it may be the best weekend high school basketball has to offer. I always think it is, John. I mean, you have uh, because of the, the stakes, and because you have more games, obviously. So you know, on finals weekend, clearly you have four, but you bump it up. So tomorrow you got a lot of games, and, and I mean, a lot of great matchups. And so, if you're a basketball fan looking for some place to go in spite of this bad weather. Uh, you get some tremendous games, and when you come to Indianapolis next weekend and play for a championship, so yeah, this has been—it's gone quickly. We said it would be some pretty evenly matched and balanced basketball, and it clearly has been that way. To Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, he's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. I know that there are lots of venues with semi-state action coming up tomorrow, but. Again, you'd be hard-pressed in this situation to find anything better than what you're going to see down at the uh, awesome Southport Fieldhouse. That thing is loaded beginning at 10 a.m. in the morning. Well, it is, and it's just one of those situations where, obviously, I have a lot uh, of interest in, in in a game. So do you. Yes, you do. You Lawrence Central yes. playing field in the first game. It's Center Grove and Franklin in their rematch. They played each other earlier in the year. And so, um, yeah, start there and, and work your way back. Those are those are two really, really good ball games, to say the least. And and that's it. That's going to be you know get an early start because the weather is what it is. But those are those are great matchups, John. And that's just in in four A. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think there's any question. And you look around, uh, some really compelling stories uh, all over the state. You have sites at at LaPorte, you have sites at Huntington North, you have them in Jasper and Logansport and Shelbyville, Frankfurt, New Albany. So plenty of places to go see great basketball tomorrow. Yeah, you mentioned the weather being what it is, and the weather is kind of wrecking some things on this Friday, especially in the, uh, the southern rural areas. I saw a lot of games either being postponed or canceled, and I mean, I look outside right now. It doesn't look like around here that it would be, you know, enough 
to be doing that type of damage. But I know a lot of schools, at least down south, got out of school early in preparation. Maybe they're getting more than what we have here, but certainly around here would not indicate that you needed to do that. I just think they're being cautious, John. I, I think that the, the, I'm not a weatherman by any means, but I think <laughs> you have uh, much, uh, much more predicted uh, in the northern part of the state than it is here. And so – You'd be safe. You hope it doesn't have an impact on the semi-states, but uh, uh, obviously we'll all have to wait and find out. To Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, and Sunday you're going to be busy as well, right? Pairing show, 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock, live from the IHSAA with the the National Treasurer, Greg Rickstraw, and his uh, 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 unbelievable – Unbelievable recall. This tremendous situation. <laughs> There's no one like him. Absolutely no one. There is not anyone like him. There won't be anyone like him. And so, you know, you want to tune in. Yeah, I'm that I'm that pretty face, so to speak. But uh, we've got the pairings on, on Sunday night. Now, you start in 4A for the pairings. Obviously, you look at, uh, you know, top 10 in Class 4A from Fishers at Noblesville, Westfield, right. Lawrence North. Right. Kokomo, Greenfield Central has had a great season unbeaten so far. Ben right. Davis trying to repeat. Cathedral Attic CG's having a good year with Zach Hahn down in Bargersville. It's a lot to offer in 4A in that top 10. What well, sounds to me like you, uh, you're all ready to go. You're ready to take over for me. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll buy some <laughs> yeah. of that. I'm going to be the lead-in. I'm going to be at the winner's circle. I'm the lead-in from three until five for you guys on Sunday. You you mentioned it. I mean, you look, I mean, seriously, sectional number eight, you have uh, four teams that are ranked in the top 15. Just uh, start there. Number number two, Noblesville. Number one, Fishers. Number five, uh, 15, Carmel. Number three, Westfield. Then you mentioned uh, Greenfield Central. You know, the sectional therein at Greenfield Central, uh, number 11, Richmond, uh, number six, Greenfield Central, number 12, Anderson. Uh, Just keep going. Then you go to sectional 10 at Lawrence North. You have number nine, Attics, number four, Lawrence North, number eight, Cathedral. Uh, Ben Davis is ranked number seven, taking on – and they're going to the Southport sectional. So, yeah, they're, they're tremendously competitive sectionals. And we all understand historically that upsets are not the uh, the uh, exception; they're the norm when it comes to tournament time. So I'd say be ready for just about anything. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. He's brought to you every Friday right here, Bri. Our 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. CarX.com today. 3A Danville Brebuff, Heritage Hills, obviously with the Sicily yeah. kid down there is a tremendous player. Scottsburg, Belmont, Evansville Memorial, Garen. I mean, you're looking in that top 10, pretty stacked there as well. Right. Well, it, just for you, just for you, I always difficult sectional 63 this time it's at Lagodi. so down there think about these things you know orleans is number three yep is number two Lagodi's number seven so you got three teams in the top <sighs> that's crazy in one sectional in single a down at Lagodi. that um you know it's funny most people say hey, hey you know you can't have all these good teams in one class all stacked right, up together. Right. But they love that. Yeah. They love that there. There's nothing better than bragging rights down there. 
for games like that. Well, they, they're, yeah, they're, they're used to it. They set their schedules based on it. You know, you see them change some things, try and beef up their schedules and, and do all of that. And But it, it is one of those situations, John, that type of sectional is uh, one that's pointed to by a lot of people who are in favor of seeding the tournament as, as an example of why you should do it. And I, I tend to think, like you say, I think if you ask the people down in sectional 61, they're fine with it. <laughs> and their, their line, I think, would be you've got to beat the best to be the best. And so you're going to find out. You're gonna, and literally, I think you'll find out um, early on in, in those particular situations. Uh, we'll find out Sunday who's going to be uh, matched up in terms of ranked teams playing ranked teams in the first round. We have, we have a handful of those every year, and I don't doubt that we'll have the same thing this time around. So, Bob Lovell with us, you think they ever end up seeding these things? You think we ever get to that point? No, I don't. You know what? I don't know. I, I would have said I never, that we would never go to class basketball, too. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's gaining some momentum, if you will, uh, maybe even you know, slowly gaining momentum. I, I, I don't know. I just think that I've always wondered in these kinds of situations, adults like you and me and others who make decisions how about we ask the kids what they want to do try and you know try that <laughs> this is all supposed to be for them why don't we ask them <laughs> ask them and see what they think so i don't i don't know i try, listen i try not to take a a side one way or the other i try to be in this i try to be switzerland because uh, i mean my show's not supposed to be uh opinion based show mine's about results and about what happens and so uh, I, I tend to think at the end of the day, whatever is good for the kids, you ought to give it some thought. Yeah, I, I just – I always looked at seating. I wouldn't be concerned about that. Kind of like I view a shot clock. I'm just not very yeah, concerned no, about that either. Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I think the other part of it is give me some – you know, when we went to class basketball, I, I'm still waiting for the compelling reason why we needed to do it. So – I'm the same way here with shot clock. Tell me why we have to do it. Is there something wrong with basketball, high school basketball in the state of Indiana? I, I, I don't. I mean, I talk about it every weekend. I don't see anything wrong. But you, you tell me now we got to change because we got a shot clock. And now you want to, you want to, we need to change because we need uh, to see the tournament. Well, it's the classic: if it's not broken, don't fix it situation. And I, I tend to. Hair on the side of uh, let's just go ahead and continue to do the good things we're doing. You know, I kind of look at it this way. As far as the shot clock is concerned, there's only barely a handful of teams that you would right. qualify. I mean, right. hell, right. you know, most teams now get it down the floor and get it up as quickly as they can. Because, you know, you watch, you watch how other teams, this is all kind of a trickle-down effect. I mean, we got the NBA All-Star Weekend here, and, mm-hmm. you know, you see mm-hmm. how they play. And I was talking to Chris Finch, who's the head coach of the Western All-Stars earlier this week at Minnesota, and, you know, he's my age, and we're from the era of, you know, the offense being a, you know, a, a flex type of offense, um, right. and, and there's a lot of passing going on and, and uh, a lot of moving, no. and, and he's, he kind of laughed about that and said, yeah, we're just we're, – we're way past that now, and we're never, we're never going to get back to that. And I would tend to agree, and that trickle-down effect happens, you know, not just at the higher levels, but all the way down to the lowest levels, high school basketball and even lower. And I think for the most part, there's only a handful of schools that would require a shot clock to me. That's about it. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. I think if you look at, uh, at at games and you look at how, you know, just on an average possession, 
how long it takes to get a shot, um, I think you'd be surprised that it doesn't, as you point out, doesn't take very long. And, and again, no. you know, as the coach in me says, I just I don't necessarily like the fact that you might be taking away my ability to alter a game based on how we how we uh, approach things. And so, allow them to be able to do some things. Clearly, you played games where you've been in a situation where the team you're playing is vastly superior to you are talent wise. So, how do you even sum of that up? And you know, by most of us understand, try to shorten the game and, and try to make some plays when you have to. And if you take that away from us, that's another tool you've taken away from the coaches. So I'm not a big proponent. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it at all. Well, you watched how Caitlin Clark last night broke that record, right. you know, for the NCAA all-time score uh, with right. a little bit of style and panache, which yeah. I'm assuming there's a trickle-down effect there, too putting it up yeah. from about 30 feet and draining it like that. And that's more times than not now. Short. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of bounces yeah. and she lets it go. And I think if you go out and watch the ball game, you're seeing, you are seeing uh, more of that long range marksmanship, so to speak. If it goes yeah. in, I think it's great. Um, but you know what? It's, uh, this is the new game. The, the game you and I played uh, has been replaced. No question. It is pace. It's, Bob, yeah. it, it's all kind of stuff. It's uh, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Tonight, tomorrow night, he's going to have a reaction in preparation for tomorrow, I'm assuming, both high school and college. And then a lot of Saturday reaction coming up tomorrow night on Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana CarX locations. CarX.com today. Have an outstanding weekend, Bob. Enjoy everything that's going on. The epicenter of hoop is around here, and we love it. Best place to be. It's great to be a Hoosier. I know that. You got that, Thanks buddy. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. The epicenter of hoop. I like that. That's exactly what we are here. Thanks again for listening to Instant Replay. Because second helpings are always best when the main course is still fresh. Instant Replay on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.